pandemics, global supply chain issues, cyberware attacks, inflation, the big quit. The list of disruptions goes on and on. We're living in a different world. It's more complex and moving faster than ever. This podcast is to help guide you through these turbulent times to ensure your organization can survive and thrive by becoming disruption-proof. Hello, everybody. Brand Cooper here. Welcome to Solving the Personal Productivity Dilemma. We will go ahead and get started. So as I said, I'm Brand Cooper, founder and CEO of Moves the Needle. We bring an entrepreneurial spirit to large organizations. Helping companies, for instance, adopt new technologies to find uh, new market opportunities. So the way this works is I will uh, talk a little bit about uh, how I've gone about solving my own personal productivity in different parts of my life. And uh, I have a tool for you to download if you're, you're interested. And uh, hopefully it allows you to maybe manage some of the things in your own life in this crazy uh, world that we're in. But also if you're managing teams, how you might teach them to manage all of the things in their life uh, in order for them to be as productive in their work as possible. So uh, the download, if you go to explore.movestheneedle.com, in the upper right, you'll see a menu item that says special download. And if you click on that, a PDF will be downloaded immediately. There's no page after that. So just to be aware. Uh, And basically what that is, is a PDF of a personal Kanban. So the personal Kanban comes from work by uh, two individuals, uh, Tony N. De Maria and Jim Benson. Uh, there's a whole website, personal productivity or personalkanban.com. And really, there's a whole community that's developed around using personal Kanban. Kanban is, a, uh, is a, essentially an agile tool. Uh, and it's used by teams and larger organizations uh, to manage the work that that everybody needs to do and to manage the work between teams. Uh, It's one of those uh, agile frameworks sort of similar to Scrum or maybe SAFE that you've heard of. Uh, One of a couple of the, a couple of the core principles of the personal Kanban, maybe they apply to Kanban overall, I don't know, but the personal Kanban is that we want to visualize all of the things that, we're working on all of the things that we need to do. Uh, when we all just carry it around in in our noggins, in our head, um, it often leads to a lack of focus, jumping between different items, uh, or even just a, for me personally, a sense of unease that there's these other things floating around in the back of my mind that I could be working on, or maybe that I should be working on. Um, and yet, well, so and so visualizing that, you, you hope to get kind of all of those things out in front of you. So you can use a whiteboard or you can use this uh, personal productivity tool that's available on 
explore.movestheneedle.com. Or, you know, perhaps you can use a digital tool. I personally have not found all of the different project management tools or, or even the personal task list tools. They don't give me the element of this, this feeling of having visualized it. Uh, and so I, I really, I really sort of recommend that you're putting it up on a, on a whiteboard or a poster. Um, but so you should go check out personalproductivity.com. Uh, look at all the different things that people have, have added to the conversation. Um, I think it's pretty amazing. And so I've added some of my own flavors and, and uh, that's reflected in that, in that PDF, um, but also some of those things that I wanted to talk about today. There's a couple of principles that go into it. One, like I mentioned, is the visualization. And the second is limiting the number of things that you're actually working on. So what we call the work in progress or your WIP column. And, uh, and this is another way to maintain focus. It's probably not realistic to have only one item in there. So we limit it to three items. And, uh, and those are the things that you're currently working on. And so I think that this, uh, I think that COVID was a big lesson to us in terms of personal productivity. I think that a lot of us, I don't know about you, whether you were working at office and switched to at home or whether you've always been uh, at home worker. I think people that have always been an at home worker have learned to kind of deal with all of the different things uh, that may interrupt you or all of the different things uh, in life that you uh, that take up your whole day. Um, when you when I used to go into the office, a lot of those home things were, you know, left to my partner or were things that I had to put off until night or to the weekends. And, and I think that that's, um, those are things that actually, I think, hinder our productivity. And I think one of the lessons of COVID when we're all working at home was that, you know, with nobody watching every movement, you could perhaps get some of those other things done during the day. And it actually made you more productive. Uh, and so, you know, as sort of old school institutions like The Economist and, and, uh, and some large organizations, they're kind of going back, oh, well, the, you know, working at home was a failed experiment. Now we're going to go back. And they're trying to bring everything, you know, back into the office or they're coming up with arbitrary policies of when you're in the office and when you're at home. And that, that, that's certainly helpful. It's better than before. But uh, I think that we're really sort of ignoring uh, what the fundamental needs are and why people gravitated toward that and jump it and don't want to give it up again. And I think that those things come down to there are a lot of things that we need to get done in our lives that make us feel like complete human beings. And we are happy and more contented and more productive and you know have higher productivity when we actually get to feel like full human beings and that we have all of these things that are sitting around in the back of our mind exposed and that we're actually working on them and we feel like we have these these different elements of our life under some amount of control and so i think that that's 
I think that's super powerful. And I think that there's a lot of mythology in this idea that because we can see our employees or our teammates or because our bosses can see us sitting around a table or in a cube, I guess if you're lucky these days or even in an office, as long as they can see us, therefore we are we are productive and and that is, of course is really silly and doesn't recognize the you know the actual nature of work or the nature or, or what human beings are are able to do you are certainly you are just not capable of sitting down and focusing on being productive uh you know for a full hour let alone for eight hours. It's just not the way human beings are. Um, we kind of go in and out of productivity. And really, the more that we manage that upfront using tools like personal Kanban, then we are, I think, optimizing what that productivity looks like. And if as bosses, we recognize those things and we actually encourage our employees or teammates to utilize these tools to manage all of these different things in their life, you'll see, I think, an increase in productivity. People are not running around hiding all of these different things. They're not uh, calling in sick when they're not really sick. They're not taking days off arbitrarily. They're not showing up late. They're, because we're giving them the freedom to manage all of these different things. So I think it's actually pretty important. In, and uh, I, I, wish, uh, I wish this idea of personal Kanban um, would be spread further, or at least the idea of managing not only our quote unquote tasks, uh, but really managing all of those things um, that we're responsible for in our life and that we uh, we have pressures, whether we're put on by ourselves or our families. Uh, but those pressures go beyond just work and, and what the boss wants us to do or what our even our own personal ambitions uh, drive us to do. So that so uh, so the personal Kanban. So the personal Kanban, again, you can go to personalkanban.com and there's books and courses and presentations and a whole community that's developed around ways to apply this. I'm going to talk today about my own my own personal version of this. And what I have are essentially five columns in, uh, in my personal Kanban. And so the first column is in agile terms, what's considered the backlog. And so this is really just a laundry list of all of the things that I could be doing or all of the things that I need to do to create the value that I'm trying to create. Uh, and so they could be all of your work items that, and again, it's just a brainstorming. It's all of these things that I could be working on. You have one written per sticky note and, uh, and you probably can't even fit all of them on a poster or a whiteboard. So maybe you're doing a little bit of ad hoc prioritization, uh, but that's column number one. Column number two then is what are those things that I could be doing within, within what Agile again would call a sprint. So within some sort of time frame. Typically that time frame is a week. 
Uh, people tend to sort of plan out what they're going to try to get accomplished within a week. But it could be two weeks. It could be a month. Uh, you know, the sort of the more complicated the things are that you're working on, often the sprint times can be longer. And so I, I think that uh, for an individual, I think one or two weeks uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do think that... Uh, I think it's arbitrary for one person to define it for another person. I think if you're getting a team to work on this stuff, having the sprint lengths aligned uh, makes a lot of sense. But so let's just say a week. So you've got your, all of the options, all of the things you have to do at some point in order to create this value that you're creating is column one, column two, or all of the things that you could be or you need to be working on this week. Column three then is the whip column. So that's the work in progress. And one of the rules of the personal Kanban is that you can have no more than three items in your work in progress. So you can't choose 10 items or you're really sort of getting away from the idea of focus and of being able to contain what it is that you're actually working on. Uh, column four is uh, what we call the pen. And the pen is items that we started, but now require input uh, from some other system or person. And so we move the item from the whip column, the work in progress column over to the pen, and we can then choose another item to fill in our whip. So we've got three in there, uh, but we're waiting, uh, we're waiting for some sort of a response before we can put that uh, item back into the, uh, from the pen back into the, the work in progress. And then the final column, the fifth column is done. So yay, let's celebrate. Let's actually visualize those things that we've accomplished in our sprint and that are done. And I do think that again, the, the visualization aspect is, is sort of important, especially at the end of your sprint or the end of your week. And you really look at all of the things that you got done I think that there's, you know, there should be a little bit of uh, a reward in there for yourself just in, in visualizing all of those things. Um, so those are the five columns, essentially your backlog, your, uh, your options of things you could be doing, your work in progress, the pen, and, uh, and done. And so the flow is that you probably once a week, but it could again be longer. You're going through the list of the items in the first column in the backlog and getting rid of some that you maybe don't need to do anymore and adding others. There's a prioritization that you can go through to move items from the backlog into the options to do, the to-do column. And those, uh, you know, that can be one way that I've prioritized is is uh, using like a simple two, two by two, which is actually on that PDF I mentioned at explore.movesneedle.com. Uh, and so the two by two is on the vertical axis, you have what the level of impact is you think on that particular action item. And then on the horizontal, it's really how easy it is. It's sort of how efficient um, you can get it done with High priority, obviously, on the top, lower priority on the bottom, and then 
on the right, you've got easier or more efficient. And on the left, you've got things that are going to take longer and more work. So your upper right quadrant is kind of your higher priority items. Uh, highest impact, easiest to get done. Um, so then you've got the, the, your to-do column with all of the items that fill up your week's potential sprint. And then, uh, you know, you can choose anything that you want to be in your work in progress. And so that's how you're feeling that day even, or how much time you have or space between meetings or, or whatever, you know, white space you might have in your day that you're going to fill up. Um, and so I, you know, for better or for worse, I'm putting things in there sometimes where it's uh, web development and I'm not really a great web developer, but I enjoy doing it. So I'm actually going to put those in my work in progress sometimes. I'm going to balance that with some of those other things that maybe I, um, maybe I don't want to be working on as much. And I think that that's, uh, they're all items that need to get done. And so, you know, that's fair game. My pen typically starts uh, empty, but, you know, once you put items in there, they may last uh, a day or two uh, or longer, I guess, uh, creating other items to follow up with whomever you've left that item with. So if you, you, uh, if you, you want to move something from the pen into your work in progress, you have to choose one of your items from your work in progress and put it back into your to-do. Uh, and then again, obviously, when you're completing items, you put them in the final uh, done column. So that's all pretty standard, I think, Kanban stuff. What, what I find really, really cool about the personal Kanban is this concept of swim lanes. And so I'm kind of curious whether, whether you all have heard of this or whether you do this perhaps with a different name. But so swim lanes sort of run concurrently in parallel with your main to-do flow, which is usually, you know, work projects. And the swim lanes are all of these other things that you want or need to get done in order to make you feel like a contented, fully rounded human being. And uh, so at different points in my life, I've had swim lanes for the book that I'm writing. And so it's important to me as an individual, or it was when I was writing a book, that I make progress on the book in the same way it's important that I make progress in all of my work items. And so I'm going to dedicate a swim lane to books. And then there's other things that uh, are important to me, like family time. Um, so spending time with my daughters or, or talking to my mom or, uh, or, you know, maybe it's a date night or spending time with your partner or whatever it is. But these things that uh, we know that we have to have, quote unquote, balance. And part of the balance is spending time with, with family. And so there's a whole swim lane dedicated to that. And then there was another, there's another swim lane that's 
I called personal wellness. And this could be exercise. It could be spending time in nature. It could be playing a new song and guitar or learning a new song. It could be reading fiction. It could be taking a walk. It could be gardening. Any of these things that, that, you, that you need or want to get done that, uh, again, make you feel uh, fully human, that make you feel fully rounded, uh, that contribute to your sense of well-being and being uh, contented. And I, I, I use the word contented very purposefully. I think it would be great for us all to be happy but I, but I think the you know, sort of the balance in life really is is that there's a mixture of uh, positive emotions and negative emotions, and that is life, is that mixture. And so, if I feel like I'm a contented human being when I have a healthy balance of all of those things, um, and maybe that's subject for a, a a whole other a whole other talk. Um, but I, I, by separating it out in that way, happiness is not a task. Happiness is a result of things that happen in my life that I'm, I don't necessarily have control over. And so those things, I want to spend the time to recognize the happiness. Um, but some of the other things that are counter to that sadness, uh, are also things that are out of our control that happen to us. And you should, in my opinion, spend time in the emotion of sadness in the same time that you would spend time in the emotion of, of happiness. And we can explore that feeling and, and we, we are actually dealing with it. And so it doesn't, it isn't something that hangs uh, over us. It's, it's just recognized as being part of what makes us human beings and, and having, you know, sort of this crazy balance in our life. And so overall, that balance of all of these different emotions and me recognizing those emotions, hopefully makes me a more uh, contented human. So that's sort of an aside here. But uh, I think the key that I want to get across here are these swim lanes that you're defining. Uh, so again, my swim lanes, uh, was the book that I'm writing, perhaps now it would be a course I'm creating online, family time, and then, and then personal wellness. So the trick is uh, you always get to choose from one of the swim lanes and put it in your work in progress. And so I think that this is the, it seems so simple, but it's kind of the magical moment is that, and I guess only works for those of us that are work independently, or we are the boss, or that we're working at home, and we can get away with it. But the idea that, you know, meetings aside, and these other things that are on our calendar, if I'm heads down in my work, and for whatever reason, uh, I feel like taking a walk, then I get to pull that item from my swim lane options, my swim lane to-dos, and put it in my work in progress, and I get to go and take a walk. Uh, and it's the same thing with 
you know, playing guitar, or it could be, you know, calling my mom, or, uh, you know, sort of any of these other things that are in those swim lanes. Uh, and again, with this all, you know, I imagine that this is all on your whiteboard or on a poster, uh, and it's all visualized. It's not, it's not the same thing as carving up your day into live work balance and that you have all of these work items that are still up there, your work, work in progress that comes from your work. Those are obligations. And as human beings, we know that they're there and they're obligations. So it's not, it just really isn't an issue that what people are going to do is choose only those items from the swim lanes. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And so by taking the 20 minutes to go for a walk or listening to music or reading or doing these other things, when I come back to my work in progress, I'm more focused. I'm ready to tackle it. I am more productive. And again, I, I think that this is what a lot of us found, especially during COVID, because there we were at home with our kids at home and our partners at home that also have Zoom meetings. And, you know, not everybody's got a dedicated home offices. And so, you know, partners are trading time around a kitchen table to do Zoom calls. It, it just was such a complex time. And we had maybe, uh, you know, kids that are missing out on school and there's social issues. And we have parents that are aging and we're worried about them during COVID and we're keeping tabs on them. So, I mean, there's all of these different elements that we were sort of squeezed into our, into our household. Uh, and we were, you know, sort of forced to deal with. And I think that, you know, perhaps the more well-off one is or the more senior one is, you know, the less they actually had to deal with it because they have these different characteristics in their home life that allow them to not not address those. But I'm guessing even, I'm guessing those people also uh, uh, face it to a certain degree. Um, and so I think that, uh, I think that this whole office home hybrid dilemma is not tackling this core issue of people wanting to be able to manage all of these different aspects of their life. And so I think if you're managing a team and you teach them these concepts of this personal Kanban, um, whether or not they're in the office or at home, I think what you'll find is that, uh, that they're more efficient and they're more productive and that they're, again, they're, they're more contented human beings and that they're not going to want to, leave your job and there's not going to be the big quit and there's not going to be the silent quit and all of these other uh, medium media named uh, phenomena. Thank you for listening to the disruption proof podcast. My mission is to help as many business leaders and startup founders as I can grapple with the increased complexity and uncertainty in the business world. It would mean a lot to me if you could please leave a review of the show and share it with friends and colleagues. Wishing you all the best and remember, be kind first.